Hey guys, you're listening to episode number nine at The Messy Table, where we're constantly reminded that life isn't perfect, but God is at work in the mess. And even though he's always up to something, it's up to us to stop long enough to notice. I'm actually a little embarrassed at how often God provides for me in some obvious or mysterious way. Yet I'm often too busy or too distracted to come back and thank him for it, or worse, to even see it. Mary Oliver once said, to pay attention, this is our endless and proper work. And that's really what this episode is all about. We're going to stop and look around. We're gonna pay attention and reflect on God's fingerprints. My guest today is Allie Weig, a wife, mom of two, fellow blogger, real estate agent, and a friend of mine from college. In fact, we were actually neighbors at one point. And in this episode, Allie courageously recalls her son's traumatic near drowning experience and her own roller coaster journey to recovery. Let me tell you, when someone's almost said goodbye to their son, they walk out of that hospital different with a completely new perspective on life. You might wonder, how can someone's marriage, faith, and sanity survive such a horrifying event? Well, Allie is living proof. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hey, Allie. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me today at the messy table. I know. I'm excited. Well, if you would just give everyone a quick glimpse into your life before we get started so they know who you are. Okay. Um, well, my name is Allie Wieg, and I know Jen from OSU. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Go and, um, I'm trying to think a little bit about me. So I've been married to my husband, Aaron, for 10 years um, this month. Woohoo! And um, I've got two um, spirited children, is I think how I would describe them. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest, um, Shepherd, is six. And a half, and half um, Charlotte. Half is important, man. We do the halves at my house, and um, Charlotte is our baby, and she is four, and she's a nut job, but we love her so much. And so, I'm trying to think what else. Erin um, does commercial construction in Oklahoma City. We live in Edmond, and I um, I stay home with the babies, but I'm also a real estate agent. And so, you know, it's just kind of like this crazy wild ride that we are doing. And then just to make it more fun, we are remodeling our home that we currently live in with our two kids. So things are super exciting at the week house. I love following your remodel. It's great. Oh, <laughs> because I can crazy. I can relate so much. So we live in a 1930s kind of farmhouse. It was the first house built in this square mile back in the day. And so when we first got married um, 11 years ago, we totally gutted it and it was nasty. It was headed into foreclosure. And um, so I can totally relate with... Yes. Now, we didn't do it with kids. I have to be Oh my gosh, girl. (laughs) Yes. This is a first for us to do this with kids. We did one in Dallas. Um, you know, we did it slowly because we were broke as a joke. So we did, you know, everything ourselves. I learned how to tile and drywall and all that crazy stuff. And so we're still doing a lot of it ourselves just because we know how, but we've never done it with kids. Yeah, with and kids. The, I mean, it's hysterical. There we, are, there's a lot of laughing, but there is quite, there, there's some crying and it's mostly me. <laughs> it's mostly me who's crying. I understand. 
All right. Well, obviously there's so much to you and who you are. You also are a blogger. You didn't mention that, but, um, I am a blogger. You are a beautiful writer and I love how you, you're so good at capturing emotion and the essence of kind of what you're going through and you're just so raw and transparent. I love, I just love that. I love authenticity. So, well, let's just kind of jump into some things that you have gone through. So you have your little boy that's sick, Shepard. He was was a preemie, right? He was a preemie. Yeah. He was a 32 weeker. 32 weeks. So at 32 weeks, what are some of your biggest trials that you go through? Well, I think the main thing is, especially for, they call them, it's like little white boy syndrome. Yeah. Um, yeah, They are worried about them breathing. Mm -hmm. Their lungs. Um, They're worried about their lungs. And so they gave me, um, I didn't go into labor or anything. Shep just wasn't growing. And so um, I went in for my first appointment without Aaron because things, you know, things were doing fine. I was measuring small, so I had to go in a little bit more often, but for this one appointment, they were like, yeah, we're going to take them in two days. You're going to be admitted right now. And I was so confused. And so I was like, what? And so we went in, I got admitted and they gave me steroid shots for the lungs, for Sheppy's lungs. And thankfully he came out hollering and that was, you know, mm-hmm. the best sound ever. And he had to stay in the NICU, um, for about a month, but he was, he was a grower. So we were really lucky that way. Right. He just had to grow. And so three, you're coming up on three years ago, the, the That's third right. anniversary, correct? The third anniversary, yes. Um, your Shep um, almost drowned. And when we say almost drowned. Um, we really kind of mean drowned. <laughs> yes. Like um, what he was given a 20% chance to live. That is right. That is right. Sheppy drowned in my sweet parents' um, backyard pool three summers ago. And... Um, you know, it that whole experience was just like walking straight into a nightmare, basically. Mm-hmm. Just imagine like a movie scene of the worst thing that you can picture, and that's exactly what it felt like by the time I got to him. Just the mm-hmm. vision of what I had, of what he looks like. Um, I mean, I didn't, I thought it was over right then, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just, it's horrifying. So you were, at and your, you were at your parents' house and they live in Tulsa, right? They live in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So I was just visiting my parents with my kiddos and, um, you know, we had just gotten done swimming and it was just one of those things where everybody thought somebody was everybody, everybody thought somebody was everywhere else. And, um, mm-hmm. when my, my mom found Shepard and he was floating at that point, he'd gone down to the bottom and floated back up <clears throat> and he just, she found him floating on the top grabbed him, jumped in and grabbed him and, you know, hollered for me, screamed for me. And once I heard her, I knew immediately, I just, Uh, you know, you just know, uh, you know, you know, yeah, you know what it is. And so anyways, I ran to the pool and met her in the water. And thankfully my dad is a doctor. And so I did not trust myself to do CPR. So I rushed Sheppy in to my dad who immediately started CPR, what I called the paramedics and basically just screamed, like, get here as fast uh. as you can get here, get here, get here, get here. And, um, and they did those sweet people. They like, they broke their chassis or something pulling up to our driveway because they were driving so fast. Mm. Um, so anyways, all that to say, once we got to the hospital, you know, I, oh, I had to call Aaron 
that was another nightmare experience, you know, that we, I had to call Aaron. My husband wasn't there. It was me. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain, you know, I said, you've got to get down here right now. And, you know, that's the worst. That was just, that was maybe one of the worst parts. Mm. And then, you know, the doctor comes out. We, we didn't get to see Shep forever, which is never a good sign. And the doctor finally comes out and he's a sweet guy. He was, he's like the top doc. We came in on that day that he was on call and that's who we got was like their chief doctor. And he came out and he said, um, you know, there's a really good chance Shep is going to pass away from this. And just, I still like, I, I pictured in my head, like a movie, you know, like I remember my body like doubling over the coffee table, you know, I just, it's just so vivid. Um, those memories. And then finally they led me back into the room and Shep was on this thing called an oscillator, which is a, it's basically a vent, but it pumps your lungs. They're trying to shake out his lungs. So that pumps at like 200 beats a minute. So it's his body's moving very, his little chest moves real fast and it's real loud and they've cooled his body so that, you know, to protect his organs. And so he's cold. And I remember walking into that and the nurse sat me down because I didn't, I didn't realize this, but my legs quit working. You know, you just, mm-hmm. your body just doesn't, I couldn't stand up anymore, you know? And so, I mean, it was just ridiculously traumatic and horrible. Um, so all that to say, you know, we get in there and, um, Shep's not improving and our sweet doctor says, look, you, if things don't turn around in the next five minutes, we're going to have to do this, this thing called ECMO, where I guess they circulate your blood outside of your body to oxygenate it. I'm no doctor, but I think that's what they were telling me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he said, the problem with this is, is that when you have had CPR on done on you, it can kill you as likely as it can save you. It could go either way. And, but if it were my kid, I would do it. And, you know, I remember me and Aaron sitting together with my dad, who was kind of like our medical translator for that whole experience. And I looked at my dad and my dad, you know, was like, do it. And the doctor was like, I would do it if it were my kid. And so we've, you know, of course be like, okay, do it. And so we had five minutes, like around five minutes or so, because his stats weren't improving before they made that call. Who's and, even capable of making such a decision? I mean, well, you really don't make it. You almost, I mean, you can't make that decision. Of course, you're going to do uh, whatever they tell you to do. Of course. You know, in that moment, you're just like, okay, if the, okay, just, I think I probably said the word okay like 50 million times for that oh, yeah. whole experience. Like they would just tell me stuff and I would be like, okay. <laughs> so I think the first thing I heard of of all this going on, I guess it, I think it was actually Facebook of all things. Um, yes. Getting and I think, I mean, you just basically said something about he has a 20% chance to live. Everyone yes. please pray. And you know, obviously there are tragedies we hear about all the time and we pray for them. But for some, I mean, I could not, like, I could not sleep. <laughs> When this I know. Was happening. Yes. And I think and a then, lot of people felt that way. I mean, I think-, I think so too, which was just blew me out of the water. And it was really very sustaining to me because I had all these sweet mamas that I didn't even know that well say that to me and, and reach out and, and message or write on our wall. And, and that was so 
life giving to me in that moment. You know, mamas are so amazing that way with bridging the gap and lifting mm-hmm. each other up. And I just feel like, I don't know, I was very supported. You did that. I remember looking back at your message and I have so many like that, that were just so, um, I mean, I clung to those. Those were very helpful to me in that moment. Uh, well, I think we all picture like this could be me just in the past like two weeks. We've had two friends that have gone in after their kids with their regular clothes on because they were right. um, like one of them. It was Memorial Day and we were with um, a group of it was actually a group of college friends that we get together with um, several times a year. And they're some of our great friends. And so there's 12 adults standing around a pool, just all talking and nut. And one of um, the three-year-old little girls had gone up to the house, taken her life jacket off, um, went out and wanted to be like the big kids jumped in the pool and was, it was quiet. There was no noise. She was under. Mm -hmm. And thankfully one mom saw it. (laughs) And I I hope that, you know, someone else would have seen it if not, but man, it happens so fast. Right. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I mean, I have nothing else to say about that because it's just, it could happen to anybody. Of course you don't think it can happen to you, but Mm -hmm. I promise you it it can. (laughs) Um, so, so, so you're in the hospital and what was in the hospital and we're sitting down. And I think this is one of the most defining moments that Aaron for both Aaron and I, um, so we've just made that, that judgment call to do this thing that we don't know how it's going to end up for us. And we are faced with the very real reality that we may lose shepherd. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you, you know what you believe and you've said it and you talk about it and you go to church and all these things, but then it's like, it's staring at us right there. And I looked at Aaron and, and I, I said, are, are we going to be okay? And that was kind of a loaded question for me, meaning like, are we going to be okay if we lose our son? Like, are we going to, are we going to survive this? Is our marriage going to survive this? Like it was like, it meant, I meant so many things Mm -hmm. when I asked him that question and he looked at me and he was like, yes, yes. And I was like, okay. And until that moment, we had not really even gotten to go touch Sheppy or anything because we were too busy, like absorbing the situation and getting briefed and all that stuff. And there was nothing else that we could do then, but like pray. And, and so we, we went over to Shep and we sang him. He's got this like bedtime song that we would always sing to him. And we sang to him and we prayed Uh, and we like, (laughs) Oh girl, I'm telling you, like it, it was, it was so hard, but Jen, it was, the holiest of moments. I cannot tell you. I actually it was... have a, um, a quote from your blog here that just ripped me open, and it's about the moment you're talking about. You said, there was yeah. a clear moment sitting slack-jawed on that little couch bed in the hospital room, nurses buzzing around us, when the two of us were pretty sure we were going to lose Shepard. In that minute, I looked at Aaron, eyes wide and nervous, and I whispered, are we in this together? He looked at me in the eye and said, yes, we're in it together. It was the first time I could take a breath. Aaron's few words told me all that I needed to know. He still believed in us, and he felt as I did. If we had to say goodbye to our little boy, it did not mean forever. Facing whatever the next minute would bring, we were unified in our belief that this was not the end, and our whole world hung on this belief. That moment was bearable and oddly peaceful, 
only because our faith was bigger than our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And those are bold thoughts and words that to me can only come from God in that moment. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't think I, I mean, that kind of stuff makes you certifiably crazy. And that was the only, God is the only reason that I am not a total whack job (laughs) after this experience. I mean, it just, it was hell. It was walking through hell. Yeah. You know, but that was the turning point. And, and Shep's stats rose. They rose. We didn't have to do ECMO. And from there on, from that moment on, um, I mean, of course it was two steps forward, two steps back. But from that moment, we stopped, we saw steady improvement until finally the day came that we walked out of children's with our little boy. And was that just so unheard of for his circumstances? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I mean, mean, your dad's a doctor, so he obviously knows. He did know, but, and two, that, you know, that it's their job to prepare you for the realistic outcomes and the worst case scenarios. And mm-hmm. so I eventually bailed on rounds because I couldn't handle what they were telling me. Mm-hmm. It was just so negative. Um, it was just so like, it's not a question of will your son have damage? It's how much damage will he have? Or, um, right. you know, just things like that. Or, because you, you know, thought even if he survived that he would not be the same chef, right? Absolutely. I mean, they were, they didn't think he was going to make it. And then if he made it, they were, they were preparing us for what, what kind of boy would wake up. If he would wake up, that was even like we might have a person who didn't really wake up, was just being sustained by machines. And if that wasn't the case, then we'd have somebody who, you know, had severe neurological damage. And so we, you know, this is all that we were hearing. And I remember when we walked out, our doctor was like, I mean, he was like my superhero. I just adored him. And he said, I did not see it going this way. I can count on one hand the types of cases I've seen this way. This was a miracle. It should not have gone this way. And every nurse that I encountered and every nurse that like just kind of knows anything about what we went through will all testify to the same thing. This, this was an act of God. I mean, and, and fabulous medicine. I mean, they did everything right, right as fast as they could. You know, mm-hmm. I give credit to the doctors. They were amazing rock stars and did not drop the ball ever one time. But they medicine, will tell you. Well, and medicine yeah. can only go so far. And Right. They just didn't think that we would get Shepherd back the way wow. that we did. Praise God. For sure. For so, sure. And he's made a basically a full recovery, correct? Like I know you, um, do you still deal with some other issues? You know, that's such a tricky question, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to answer it fully. Right, because parenting uh, is hard without an right, experience like that. Right. I mean, Sheppy is a complicated little person to begin with. Um, he's emotional, <laughs> like his mama, and um, he, he, you know, feels big, and he can get mad real quick. And, you know, we've been told that that is that can be part of it, that like your ability to manage your emotion, like that frontal lobe or right. something that we've, we've been told that that can have damage. But at the same time, um, 
you know, Shepard was also a preemie. And preemies, you know, struggle with ADD and concentration and all the things that sometimes we think, oh, gosh, you know, we might struggle with this with Shepard. Right. So there's never going to be a clear cut answer. I finally have just been to the point where I'm like, you know what, we're good. Like mm-hmm. Shepard at his core, like, yes, he's made a full recovery. We have our boy back and he is a handful sometimes. And he makes us really work for it. But, but they all are, you know. I have they two, all are. I have two fiery right? ones as he's well. A, so. yes. Yeah. He's a six-year-old boy. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way it is. Oh, that's so awesome. So you, um, I know you've mentioned before in your blogs and just in different places that you and Aaron have walked through a lot that you personally have struggled with some kind of guilt and also some sure. PTSD. So... What does that look like? Well, um, I think this year, you know, every year out gets a lot better. This is this has been a really good year, a really sweet year for Aaron and I's marriage, which is great because it's our 10th year wedding anniversary. I think that the timing is so sweet. Um, I feel like we were really protected in the ICU. I don't, like, guilt never really touched me that much, minus the fact that, like, you know, I had to call Aaron and I, and I had to bring him in and... And those initial moments of how is Aaron going to walk onto this scene? I mean, that was terrifying. I, they did have the chaplain come meet us um, as we were getting into the hospital, which is never what you want. That's mm-hmm. never the person that you want to see. Mm-hmm. And so the chaplain comes and finds us. And I remember my first prayer actually being for forgiveness from Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's not because Aaron is an unforgiving person or like he's not a scary husband at all. Oh, sure. Um it's just, you know, I think we would all getting, have that thought. Yeah, It's ter- it's terrifying. It, it's just a terrifying thing. And, and Aaron and I too, we're, we had different parenting styles. Um, I was raised like kind of chill and laid back. And Aaron was very more like, don't jump on the bed or don't jump on the coffee table. And I'm like, Oh, they're jumping on the coffee. I didn't even notice, you know, like that <laughs> was how I approached parenting and, and we were just different. And that sometimes caused tension in our marriage. And then for this to happen was just like the ultimate blow. Yeah. Even though it and was a complete accident and that's what, that's what accidents are. They're just totally utter and total accident. Nobody's fault. totally, totally. But it's just, that's not how, you know, that's just not how I felt. And so, yeah. you know, in the hospital, I, I dealt with that and Aaron, you know, Aaron prayed about that before he walked on the scene. And when he walked on the scene, he was amazing. Like he walked in and like came to me and I knew immediately that like we were going to be a team and we, like we were unified and, and had he not done that, I don't, I don't really actually know how the rest of the story would have gone, Yeah. but that kind of set the tone for our entire journey. But then once we moved down from ICU to like a step down unit, the flashbacks began immediately that day. It was almost like once Shepard was kind of like officially in the clear, mm-hmm. the flashback started and, and I've never experienced anything like that. And now if you don't know, it's just like, it's like you're trapped in the scene and you can't get out of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you're watching a movie that you don't want to watch, but yeah. you can't, you can't leave it. So that was really new and frightening. And, you know, we, we dealt with it real quickly. You know, I got in and started to talk, I had to talk it out and went to somebody who could help me work that out. And we got a handle on that as fast as we could, but you know, there's still like crazy things. It doesn't happen nearly as often, but like 
Oh my gosh, Disney, Disney and water. You do not realize how many near drownings there are in oh. Disney movies. But you will notice now, once you huh. watch them with your kids, every Rapunzel, The Good Dinosaur, all of those movies. Little, yeah, I just have to grit. I like for the first year, I just had to grit my teeth through those because I'm just like, oh my gosh, water again, Disney, mm-hmm. come on. Um, that or like ambulances are another thing that is still, for whatever reason, kind of hard. I yeah. hate hearing ambulances just because. Mm-hmm. That ambulance ride was like burned into my brain. And so every time I hear an ambulance, I'm just like, oh, you know, God, please get them there quick, you know, Mm -hmm. because it just kind of takes you back. Um, So that that was hard, but it has definitely subsided. Time has helped. Lots of counseling, honestly. That's I mean, great. Just to be honest, no, I, have, I think it's awesome. there was. We should never yeah. be ashamed of going to counseling. <laughs> was, I think it's actually the brave thing to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just no way I can like do my life and have flashbacks coming at me from any odd angle. So mm-hmm. we had to jump on that pretty quick. And then, um, in terms of guilt, you know, that's just something that I had to process through with Aaron with with God, with myself, it just, it probably took a good two years to claw mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. That was just really hard. I felt totally, I don't know, like, like my mom card had been stripped kind of like I failed. And the number one thing that you're supposed to do, like ages one to five, you keep your babies alive. Well, that one was touch and go, you know? <laughs> so that one, that was hard. Which is me. not true, but I can totally understand how you the felt reasoning. that way. Well, because I think I deal with mom guilt all the time. Oh, I think working moms deal with, oh, am I with them enough? I think that stay-at-home moms deal with the guilt of I'm with them and I'm, you know, maybe not and I'm actually maybe with not them. wanting to be yeah, there right now. absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, am I doing enough for them? Am I teaching them the right things? Am I giving them the right baby food? Am I, you know, I mean, I think totally. through every different stage, there's that guilt of, am I doing it right? And you know what? Newsflash, we're all just trying to survive. And Again, it could be me. We all come in from swimming all the, you know, in the summer and it just, it's an accident. Totally. So how has um, this whole thing kind of shifted your perspective? Because I'm sure it shifted it pretty dramatically. Yeah, it did. Um, You know, it takes a lot to kind of shake Aaron and I down now. You know, every, every couple has certain stressful times and, you know, we still stress out about finances at times. And, you know, we, we used to get really stressed out over work. Erin would get super stressed out about work. And, um, I used to be a teacher and believe it or not, that was like crazy stressful. It totally like just would have me in knots. I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think, yes, I believe that, you know, um, and so, uh, but now, you know, if we like lost our house tomorrow, we would not be pleased. Obviously it would, it would not be my favorite thing. Like things can still upset us, but at the end of the day, we're always like, you know what? Like we have seen the edge of like the worst thing that we could face Mm -hmm. and we've survived it. This is not like we can handle this. We've got this God's got this we can handle this. Mm -hmm. So it kind of takes a lot to rattle us. I would say is one of the best, the best things that's come from that. Um, and it just kind of shifted our priorities. We, 
we were like great church attenders maybe before. Well, that's it. That's actually a nice way of saying we went to church sometimes. Right. <laughs> we went to church sometimes before when we could get up and get there. And um, afterwards, we just, we felt so thankful. Our church like rallied behind us. Everybody rallied behind us. Like people that we didn't know, we just felt this huge outpouring of love from our entire Oklahoma community and our Texas community. It was just so overwhelming. And we both felt strongly that we needed to like pay it forward, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so we both began volunteering and that was just a direct response as like, it was just an act of, of Thanksgiving, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we were so blessed by all this love and support by the church. It's time for us to, to pay it back. I mean, it, it saved us. And so now we volunteer, um, we're, we kind of lead a community group and, um, it just really focused us on what, what we wanted our lives to kind of be about. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure this shook up your faith a little bit. Where did it kind of shake it up and where did it solidify it? You know, that's I a learning think... question. I know. <laughs> um, I, I actually would have to say that it was kind of a work in, in progress. I don't think my faith was ever shaken up by shepherds drowning. Um, in the sense that it just became a very real, tangible mm-hmm. thing. Mm. So I don't think there was a that's moment. Good. Yeah. there. But that's not to say that, that those moments didn't come before. I, it's, when Shepherd was a preemie and I had to go back to work because, you know, we, we couldn't afford for me to stay home. That's when my faith was shaken. Like that was when I had to decide, am I like, do I really believe this or am Mm -hmm. I just a Christian that thinks if I check all the boxes and this is what I was like, I check all the boxes. I'm this good girl and my life is going to turn out according to plan because I am a good Christian girl. Like that's totally how I viewed it. And then my life did not turn out the way I wanted it to. I was so confused and frustrated and I had to work through that when Mm -hmm. Shep was a preemie. And I think coming through that and then facing Shep's drowning and seeing how um, God just met us there. Like from the moment we walked in all the way through, it was this like long evolution of like, okay, God is who he says he is. And life is very confusing. And I will never understand certain things or why things happen the way they do. But God is good and he can make good from horrible. And Absolutely. He, he loves me. And mm-hmm. that's, the end of the story. And so I think really that was just kind of like the capstone moment of that journey. Mm-hmm. And we're all a work in progress, really. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I still, yeah. And my still faith, working on it. Yeah. My faith too. I think that, you know, there's some days where I just, man, I just believe in him with all my heart. And then there's days that are just so rocky. And I feel like the guy in scripture who says, um, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And I definitely had those moments with, with Shepard for sure. I had moments where, you know, I wanted to pray for Shepard to, to be healed, but I was terrified. I didn't, I didn't do it. I was too scared, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what if he, That's, he doesn't? What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't do it? And, and you know, he could not have. Yeah, I had I yeah. had people who had 
babies down the hall and I'm sure they were praying the same thing and, and it didn't work out the same way, you know, and right. that's just the mystery of life that I will still never understand. Well, and this life is temporary for all of us. And so you got prolonged time, but we're all going to face that eventually. For sure. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Another, another post on your site that I just love. Um, you were talking about, I, I, it was when you were coming up on one of the anniversaries and uh, maybe the first one. And I just love this. You said, um, as a couple and a family, Aaron and I have made plans to reclaim that date for joy. Rebranding it is a day to celebrate what was returned to us, the love that was shown to us and recognizing how far we've come. And I think that we all could benefit from reclaiming and rebranding something painful and allowing God to redeem it, like really redeem it, you know? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, we have. It's easy to be stuck in the movie. And I'm sure, you know, I have... Um, I have some really painful scenes from my life as well that replay. And it's not that those things just disappear, but I think allowing God to redeem and kind of reclaiming that joy, like you said, that just spoke to me because I can totally identify with that. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, I I had to reclaim that day, I feel like. Otherwise, it would, it would beat me. You know, it would just like send me to bed and mm-hmm. I'd pull the covers over my head and just boo-hoo the day away. Um, so I think just kind of shifting my perspective on like, yes, that day sucked. Like that was definitely definitively the worst day of our lives, but that was also the day that God showed up in a tangible way for Aaron and I and my family and, and just Mm -hmm. those around us. And so let's, let's have a party about that. Let's focus on that. And let's focus on like this gift that we've been given. We're still dealing with the junk, you know, we're still working through the hard stuff, but you know, all the good that has come out of this, let's give credit Mm -hmm. where it's due. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how we, we did that. We had a big party. Did you? We did. We did. We had a huge party in our backyard, and Pistol Pete came, and um, it was super fun. And then we took the kids away to Great Wolf Lodge. I really wanted it to be around water because mm-hmm. I was like, Face we the have fear. To Look at you. It's the fear. Yeah. Like, I want water to be a part of this day, and I want it to be so freaking fun. Mm-hmm. And so we took the babies to Great Wolf Lodge, and we, we had a ball. That's great. So is there anything now that it's not fair to say would do differently. Cause of course, but, um, is there any sure. advice I guess that you would give like on water safety or anything that you've learned that you do different with your daughter? Cause she's younger. Um, yes. And crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my two biggest takeaways from this, well, maybe three, one is, um, it can happen to you. I think that's just something that every mom you just, you don't ever want to face those fears, but you know, you and you know can't, mm-hmm. right. You can't live like that too. Otherwise you'd never like get your life done because obviously <laughs> right. danger is lurking around every corner. So every corner, I'm not yeah. promoting that at all. Like mm-hmm. live your life. Sure. But <laughs> at the same time, like it can happen to you. Um, and secondly, the, mo- the biggest thing is CPR get, certified know how to do it because if I didn't have my dad there my mom would not have been strong enough it's physically taxing to do like my mom would not have been strong enough to do CPR Mm -hmm. and it would have been up to me like that is 
terrifying to think, oh my gosh, like if it comes down to it, I am responsible for potentially saving a child's life, my mm-hmm. child's life. And so get trained. I'm coming up. I've got to get retrained. I got trained um, two years ago, Aaron and I did with a couple of friends. And I just, I mean, it's annoying. Nobody wants to go do that. Like right. it takes forever. It's not super fun, but do it because you never know if you're going to need it. And mm-hmm. when you need it, I think I said in the blog, it's like wearing your seatbelt. You don't ever like think about it or want to do it. But if you don't have it on, you're going to know. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I would hugely encourage um, moms and dads to go do. And then money for um, investing in swim lessons. And that's hard because they're really expensive. Yeah. But it can even be something like, you know, trying to go to go to a pool or and, and work on swimming with your babies or, mm-hmm. you know, looking up the floating technique and and working on that with your kids or. You know, I'm not sure how to um, encourage that because I know that the cost is great. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but just encouraging some type of of swim lessons that, you know, yeah, I mean, that's really all you can do. The rest of it's kind of out of your control. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I like your um, analogy of the seatbelt because it's so true. I mean, wrecks happen all the time, but there's one thing we can do. We can we can know how to be safe on the road as safe as possible right. as far as we're concerned. We can wear our seatbelt, you know, kids can be in car seats or on in boosters or whatever. And, right. you know, and it's just like a precaution. Yeah. It's like, you got it. You hope you don't ever need it, but mm-hmm. you know, if you do, you're going to be really glad you got it. So what would be your takeaway as far as, um, not practicality, but as far as kind of spiritual or, um, even a marriage tip of just man, this is something that I now, I now have in my back pocket that I didn't have before. Oh, let's see. I'll do spiritual first. Spiritually, I think what was fascinating is that I have never felt closest to God as I did, obviously, in those moments. But I think it was because I was interfacing with him on like such a minute by minute basis, because I literally couldn't go into the into the past in my head because every time I thought back, like I, I just saw horrible things. Like mm-hmm. my, you know, I just saw what I saw and I, so I blocked myself off from, from the past or even memories of Shepherd, like healthy and happy. And those were also hard to think about. So I had to cut that off and then I couldn't go into the future because that was too scary. Cause I mm-hmm. didn't know what we were going to be dealing with. Right. Um, And, you know, when we live our lives, I feel like I'm always in the past or always in the future. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're not in crisis, that's kind of where you bounce around. Like, you're never really in the present. You're just kind of all over the place. But in that instant, I had to stay right in the present and deal with God and my fears and, like, what was happening on, like, an hour-by-hour basis. And that was so new and kind of freeing in the weirdest way because I couldn't worry about anything else. Like, I just had to be very present in the moment with God communicating Mm -hmm. like my specific needs at that specific time. And that really stuck with me, just that kind of way of thinking. Right. Not to say that I'm not in the future now all the time and like dreaming of bathroom remodels or whatnot, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like I still remember what that felt like and it's a good baseline. Um, so that was kind of big for me and Aaron, I think too. And then for marriage, just that 
everybody goes through those things differently. Aaron and I approach that situation very differently and, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to respect that and understand that and give grace for that is just something that you have to do in order to keep your marriage together and through something like that, because, you know, Aaron handled things. Aaron would get quiet. He's a man, you know, he'd Mm -hmm. get quiet he'd go inside himself and just kind of, I wouldn't really know what was going on in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, everybody help me, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? And so, um, I'm the complete opposite. And so just dealing with that and honoring how each other has to walk through grief and anger and heartache and just difficult stuff, um, was just something that we had, kind of had to learn how to do. And I've I've heard that from other couples who've had to walk through some hard stuff, that Mm -hmm. that's just one of the things you got to do. Well, you're better off. Um, yeah, not having, I don't want to say having gone through this, but, um, I know that you probably have a deeper love, um, for each other and for your family than you did even before. Yes, for sure. I think Aaron and I understand each other a lot better and, and our unit, our little family unit, the four of us are crazy close. Um, you know, after going through that, we, we hunkered down kind of that first year after it happened and just kind of like healed together in a way. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're just, we're really happy now as a family and we are really thankful. I mean, we have like miserable days where eight o'clock cannot come fast enough and all that stuff. But sure. at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, this is, this is it. I'm super, I cannot have it any better. And so just being able to have like kind of a fresh baseline of the fact that what you have could be gone mm-hmm. and, Let's enjoy it while it's here. Absolutely. And so when you started, I don't, did you blog before this or did you start? You know, I think I maybe did for a hot second, but, yeah. but not really. Prayers for a pirate. Um, yeah. Explain kind of the pirate yeah. thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. So when ship was three, so your website a, is called prayers for a pirate. Yes. My blog is called prayers for a pirate. Um, and when Sheppy was three, he was a pri- he was a pirate every day of his life. I mean, mm-hmm. Jake and the Neverland Pirates was our top show, and he's big into costumes, so he was dressed as a pirate every single day. We had pirate birthday parties, so we were like in the full swing of that when Shep drowned. And so, um, I think too, my sweet friends in the hospital brought in pirate decorations because they knew that oh, Shep liked pirates. That's sweet. I know. They were so amazing. And so we had like eye patches. There's this one like terribly awkward photo <laughs> of me and Aaron in eye patches. And Shep is, you know, laid out like unconscious on the hospital bed. But it was like the day that we realized that he probably wasn't going to die. And so we were like, I'm taking this picture. I'm putting on like <laughs> beer. We need prayers for our pirate. I mean, that's just, um, yeah. I didn't know what else to do. You no, know, I just great. wanted everyone I know to pray for us. Cause that's all, that was literally all I could do. So mm-hmm. I took this picture and Aaron's like, what is happening? Um, and so that's kind of where the blog got started was prayers for a pirate. Cause I think that's just kind of how it circulated over social media. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of documented your journey of recovering. 
Yes. Yes, we have. So it's, you know, it's been kind of a long recovery, longer than I thought it would be. And so, um, mostly for me. (laughs) And so, um, so we just kind of write it, I write about it and, and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's funny, but, um, overall it was, it was a really healing thing for me because some of that stuff was really hard to talk about. Just even to say the words out loud were really hard Mm -hmm. up, up front. And so it was easier to just get them out on paper. It was kind of like therapeutic. So, oh, I agree. So now we have this journey documented online. Sometimes I think it's easier to kind of understand myself um, and maybe God whenever I'm processing and wrestling through um, through it through writing. Definitely, so it just. Yeah, it's, it's really helpful. So it's been a really good thing for me and, and for us too, because then I can kind of come away from it and like release it and have a clean slate once I get it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am so thankful that Shep is healthy and thank um, you. Thank you for just bringing us all the reminder that today is such a gift and that God is going to go with us through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. And so no matter what someone is facing today, he hasn't left you alone. He is there with you. He wants you to cling to him. And I need that reminder, you know? Right. Oh, me too. I still have to, I still have to remind myself too, especially in the middle of my remodel when I'm (laughs) crying about painting another, another room. Well, thank you to Allie for sharing some of her behind the scenes and thank you, you who are listening on the other side of this phone or computer or earbuds. We all need that daily reminder to stop to pay attention and to thank God for all that he's done and all that he's doing right now, even when we can't see it. You can check out the conversation notes from this episode at jenjewel.com. Also for more information on how to connect with Allie and find her blog. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast in iTunes, it's nice and free and will come straight to your phone. So just search the messy table in iTunes and click that little subscribe button. There are eight previous episodes you can catch up on if you haven't already, and they're all different, all amazing, real women sharing a piece of their real stories. So feel free to send to a friend who could use a good, messy reminder right about now, and as always, I hope you have a great week.